This is episode 8 of the MTG Deck Techs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the MTG Deck Techs Podcast. I'm James with MTG Deck Techs, and I'm joined today, just like I'm joined with every day, Jason. How you doing, Jason? Hey, I'm good. How's everybody doing today? Um, it's great to be here again, and I can't wait to talk about magic with you all. It is great to be here again. It's a little bit of a gap since our last episode, so we've got a lot to talk about. But before we go into that, we want to let you know that if you are in the market for any dice bags or play mats, any gaming accessories that you could be looking for, make sure you check out inkedgaming.com. If you use the code TEX10, T-E-C-H-S-1-0, you get 10% off at checkout. And then we also get a little bit of the money that you paid to that website in support of us. If you also like to support the show or our website or our YouTube channel, all of the content that we create, make sure you check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash the MTG deck techs. And if you want to support the podcast directly, you can support us on our anchor site, which is in the show notes and linked to whatever it is you're listening to this podcast on. You can donate directly there. And then also if you are new to the podcast or you're new to the website, make sure you check out all of our different options that we have available. We stream on Twitch. We stream all sorts of new featured deck lists on arena. We have YouTube videos that go up weekly. We have articles that go up weekly on our, um, on our website. So make sure you check out our content. All right. So now that the plugs are out of the way, let's talk about some of the topics that we're going to hit this week. So we, uh, we missed the week of the pro tour and the playoff of the player of the year. So we're going to be talking about that stuff kind of after the fact, um, feelings and reflections based on those events and then we're going to talk a little bit about counterfeit cards there was a incident that happened that we'd like to talk about we want to talk about the updates to the mtg arena we want to talk about some updates to magic online we want to talk about this weekend the events going on with the gp milwaukee and the scg open in las vegas and then at the end we're going to top it off with a little bit of news about a giveaway that jason's going to be able to talk about And then we'll close it all off with our community spotlight and our triple strike questions of the week. So the first topic we're going to hit is the pro tour. So Jason, did you get to watch the pro tour? And if not, I really hope you did. If not, you really hope I did. Uh, I, I caught, (laughs) I caught a little bit of it and uh, it, it was sweet. Like it standard is sweet to watch right now. And it was really good to see the pros and see what they're doing with their deck list. Um, you know, the, the, um, the main rounds, like the, the regular, the regular rounds, I, I don't know why I can't think of the word right now of what it's called. Uh, it was, there was a lot of diversity. Um, Golgari showed up a lot. Of course, we got a lot of, is it, uh, Jess guy, mono red, the, the white weenie decks. And there were just all kinds of decks floating around. It was great. Uh, at the end of it though, it, it kind of kind of sort of let me down there were six like white weenies splash red decks in the in the top eight um with a drake's deck and a jeskai control deck and i thought it was going to be a a much 
a much more diverse top eight, but like at the same time, like it, it looks on paper like it's not. But if you get down to the deck list too, there's a lot of different intricacies in each of those white weenie decks. Like some went, some went one direction, others went another direction, and there was still a good bit of diversity in it. And uh, we got a uh, we got a first time Pro Tour winner out of it. It was overall great. I think it was a good Pro Tour. It just showed how great Guilds of Ravnica has been for us for this standard uh, rotation and. I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. What did you think? Yeah, I, I thought it was a great time. I, you're right. It was interesting that in the top eight you have you know six copies of the white weenie deck, which we're going to talk about a little bit. I think so. The white weenie deck. So though it was six out of eight in the top eight, it definitely wasn't the best performing deck. Now I don't have the stats in front of me, but it's been talked about over the past week a little bit. And if you haven't heard about it, the basic concept is that. Six of the eight of the top standard constructed decks were the white weenie decks, but they were really only there because the players that were piloting them did so well in limited. Um, I think the best white weenie deck up to that point went eight and two, and a lot of the undefeated decks, those pilots just kind of bombed out or just didn't do as well during the limited portions of the Pro Tour and didn't get there to the top eight. What I'm kind of confused about is why did they even play... Why were these players playing this white weenie deck anyway? I mean, people are talking about it. It's definitely not the greatest deck. It definitely has a lot of weaknesses, but there definitely seemed to be a lot more of it than during the GP the week prior. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, actually, the GP the week prior was modern, um, whatever the, the the event prior to that was. I I, I think the, the white weenie gets under... It, it, it gets under the Golgari decks and, like, the... the the Drake decks, they have to kind of build up what they're doing. They have to set up. So they're not all just like, they're not, they're they're more doing what they're doing to set up for their turns, turn four on. Um, so the White Weenie decks able to get under those decks and like pound, pound in and then just like, you know, they're able to finish with either heroic reinforcements or just, just the, the massive creatures on the board. I think that it was a good meta call because it definitely gets under those decks. It, it gets under the Jeskai decks, um, and it gets under the Golgari decks to an extent. I mean, Golgari is like removal.deck, but like you're, you're, you're completely right, though, that the limited, um, the limited portion really helped those players get to the top eight. And th that's like, I don't think, I don't want to see draft in the Pro Tour anymore. Like, I think the Pro Tour is a good way to shine a light on the standard format, and it's a promotional tour. It's not necessarily, you know, you think of the Pro Tour as like, oh, it's all the pros. Well, the Pro Tour, in, in essence, is the promotional tour. It is what everybody watches to see Magic the Gathering. It is a good way to promote their product, and they want to promote standards, so you buy packs. I think that that just eliminating limited you're going to see a, a much more diverse you would have seen a much more diverse top eight um and i, I it just i the the people that got in just they did great and limited and they were able to ride out constructed and that's why they were there i guess i definitely don't think you can i don't want to go there on this rabbit hole too much but i definitely don't think you, you can get rid of draft in the pro tour because in my eyes the pro tour needs to be that culmination you know if anything i think it needs to be 
across more formats. Or if they do draft, I mean, because you're kind of right. They, they do kind of use it to showcase the products. Like, hey, look, these are all the top pros playing with the newest product that we have. You know, this is how you should be playing with it. Or this is the cool tech that they've come up with. But I, I think they definitely need to draft. But I think it would be more interesting and more fun if they would do, like, you know, a cube or something. Because, you know, the card evaluation and drafting and limited skill... There is definitely a skill to that. I think if you're playing on the Pro Tour, you should be tested in that capacity. But aside from that, going back to the top eight, there's one event that everyone has been talking about and that I hope you saw and I actually had the pleasure of watching was in the semifinals with LSV and his version of the White Weenie deck, which had one card that none of the other White Weenie decks had. Did you get the chance to watch this? I didn't get to see it, but I, I heard all about it. Yeah, so essentially it was he was playing in the semifinal match and he was pretty much dead on board and he had his four lands out in a way that it looked like he had his Adanto's fort, the tap three and tap it to create a one one vampire token. And while his opponent is trying to, you know, think through his attacks and how he's gonna kill him. LSV is just kind of holding a vampire token and completely bluffing that he's going to use his lands to use uh, the Adanto 4 and place out the, the vampire. And then, of course, um, his opponent swings out with everything and he just taps all four mana and slams this Settle the Wreckage that completely propels him into uh, the finals. And overall, just really exciting and really funny bluff to watch on the stream. Um, and it was made even more interesting by the fact that the settle the wreckage, like if you listen to other podcasts or you read some of the articles afterwards, I guess the, even having the settle the wreckage in the sideboard, which was just one copy in the sideboard was just to freak out everyone that watched him play on coverage. Like the channel fireball team knew that he was probably going to be in a featured match area and they'd show his deck list, which kind of provides an advantage to anyone playing against the channel fireball team and what if people that are sharing the same deck list and so he just threw that one settle the wreckage in there so that everyone else would think that all the channel fireball guys are playing with that settle the wreckage and they would play around it even though they didn't have it so it was pretty funny that he just kind of threw it in there as as a feint and it ended up really helping him out and propelling him into the finals yeah, like I, I did, I did get to see it as a clip. I didn't see it live, and it was, it was so great. It was like the old, the old pick up the pen, pick up the pen to write, you know, change your life totals. The that bluff, where like your opponent, you want your opponent to do more damage, like attack with more creatures. So you pick up your pen as to like change your life, and then you're like, oh wait, I got this. It, it's a great bluff. Um, I know that he was saying he was just, he was trying to help him. Um, look at what could possibly happen with like blocks and stuff by get, showing them the vampire token. But like, no, nah, nah, that was like a plus bluff, and like it was so awesome. Like oh, I yeah. saw that clip, and it was great. It was awesome, and it's just very LSV too. Like he's a total goofball. Um, all right, so that was pretty much the PT. Um, very, very white weenie. Very, uh, the event with. LSV and that settle the wreckage is probably going to be a historical event for magic. People were pretty hyped about that play. And especially with how he hammed it up on coverage, which is kind of unique. Um, so yeah. Okay. So yeah. So prior to the pro tour that Wednesday, 
I think it was Wednesday. It might have been that Thursday. We had the Player of the Year playoff. And did you get to watch that? Nope, I was at work. It was really interesting, though. Um, so I was actually kind of thinking about that. So it was during the week, and it was during, I think it was like 3 p.m. Eastern time. Did you think that was kind of a strange time to actually host or actually stream this type of event, this caliber of event? Um, I don't necessarily know, like... I, they 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 go their like Twitch or whatever goes off of Pacific time and they usually do stuff around like ten eleven twelve Pacific time so that's like normal for them but I don't know like I, I would assume that if you really wanted to see if you wanted to have people see you you would like stream later I don't know because like right in the middle of the day in the weekday like most people work those times and like I was at work and uh, I don't know it, it is kind of strange if you're really trying to like push that for an audience. I don't necessarily know if that's a great time to, you know, stream it. However, I do I do see streamers, like, streaming during the work days every day, and they're getting in, like, hundreds and hundreds of viewers for Magic content. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. But, anyway, it was really fun to watch. I thought that the way they did it with the best-of-one competition with four different standard decks each was really interesting. We got to see a lot of... Um, monocolored type decks and they, they duked it out and overall Luis Salvato uh, won player of the year over Seth Manfield and it, and it was pretty exciting um, especially just knowing how much work both of those guys put in to get to that point and you could definitely see it on Luis's Luis Salvato's face when he actually won how excited he was so it was fun to watch um, but then moving on into our other topics so you you mentioned before we got on a, a, an incident with counterfeit cards. Uh, do you want to elaborate a little bit on it? Yeah, so uh, Aiden Breyer, uh, he's a 15-year-old Magic player. He's, he's really competitive and really good. Um, I forget what the event was, but he borrowed a human's deck um, to play in this event, and he was doing very well. He ended up getting disqualified because they found a counterfeit Cavern of Souls in his deck. After his disqualification, it was he was there was a review done and he was subsequently banned for 18 months by the DCI. Now my issues with that were what a lot of people had issues with. He's a 15 year old kid playing a $1,500 deck. How does he afford that? He can't afford that. He borrowed the deck from somebody, and it it was apparently the cavern was very like well done because apparently he was he was taken for a deck check prior to this and they didn't even spot it so like i I don't know like it's not his fault for that i guess i guess you i guess you kind of have to take responsibility for knowing what's in the deck that you're playing but like he borrowed the deck from somebody It, it had to have been just a mistake it's not it wasn't and there was no ill will in it i would highly doubt and uh i don't know like the the whole community was up in arms about it well after I don't know if it was after the community like flare up, but he was subsequently unbanned this past week. Uh, his ban was lifted, and he is now able to play in events, and that's a total win in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from what I understood of the of the situation, it seemed completely unfair. He had already had a deck check, which means he, in his mind, is already cleared. It's a deck that he doesn't even own, and then. You know, he has this hanging over his head as a young 
you know, aspiring competitive magic player that he's not going to be able to play for 18 months. Now, I would like to ask, though, what if, let's say it's not him or whatever, let's just say it's another individual and they bring a deck intentionally with counterfeit cards. What do you think about an 18-month punishment if caught? Do you think that's still justified or not? Or what are your thoughts? All right, so with counterfeit cards, um, I don't think using counterfeit cards unless i don't know weight distribution whatever but you're like randomizing your deck i don't think using counterfeit cards is a cheat honestly um i don't i might i might sound weird but i don't see using counterfeit cards all that bad it is bad sure um i think counterfeit cards are more worse in the secondary market in the financial aspect um but you know, if you're playing in a high-level event, you're going to be able to get the cards that you need. So, like, I don't understand why you would why you would have them unless you're just, like, a local going to these events and you just can't afford it, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't think that 18 months for counterfeit cards would be, like, worth it, though. It's it's not cheating. Like, I don't think it's cheating in my It's not cheating in my eyes. See, that's what I was kind of thinking because, I mean, even if you have fake cards, you have an entire fake deck... I mean, you're still abiding by the rules of, you know, four, a maximum of four per card, you know, play set. And, I mean, you're still probably playing with the same amount of cards. It's just they're counterfeit. Now, I'm not endorsing counterfeit at all. I'm just curious about what an appropriate uh, punishment for using counterfeit cards are. Now, I understand Wizards undoubtedly, like, has to have some sort of punishment on this in their sanctioned events. Because they're probably going to lose money if everyone just turned to counterfeit. Like, obviously they would. So, it makes sense for them to punish this type of behavior. But, should it be worse, equal to, or not as severe as cheating? I think, personally, that if you're cheating, then that's that should be the most severe. You know, you know like banning from comp- competitive play forever, down to 18 months or whatever, based on the severity of the, uh, of the cheat. But I just thought it was an interesting topic because we hear about this counterfeit card and it's immediately an 18-month ban. Um, would that have been more if there was more copies of counterfeit cards? And was there any other counterfeit cards or just this one Cavern of Souls? I don't know. Like, I, I assume that... See, it, it's a it's a tough, tough spot to look at. Uh, I, I don't know if having more, like, if your whole deck is counterfeit, that's kind of, like, really, like, scummy, I guess. I don't know. And, like... <laughs> to include islands, swamps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I don't I don't know. And, like, it, it's, it's just a... It's a very gray space, in my opinion. Like, I don't know how you, like... I don't know how you would control counterfeit cards at a, at a tournament scene. Like, I can see, like, you know, if you're selling counterfeit cards, that's theft, in my opinion. Like that's that's very scummy, but like, if I I don't know it, it's it's not cheating in my opinion. Like, and that's that's the big thing that we need to look at cheating. Like cheating at these tournaments. Like Dan Lanthier at that that uh where he he took the stomping ground out of his graveyard for fetching to fetch it again. Um, by the way, he got a two year two year I believe suspension for that. So that was justice. But I don't know how you how you police counterfeits really. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't really know what the answer is. I think it definitely needs to be... I I understand that it would have to be punished, but I don't know what the severity 
of that punishment should be and at what level of competition. But Anyway, do you have anything else on counterfeit cards? I know that was a really hot topic uh, about a month ago. It was being talked about a lot, but uh, it's kind of died off. But do you have anything else on it? No, I mean, that's it. Um, basically, this is why we don't work for the DCI, because I wouldn't even, I wouldn't know how to police it. Yeah, I guess it would just have to be a pro-con list, you know, cost-benefit of public outrage versus not public outrage versus ensuring that your product remains pure, which is probably a huge concern. I don't know. A lot of, a lot of businessy um, decisions would have to be made there. But moving on to our next topic is Magic Arena. So what's new in Magic Arena, Jason? So Magic Arena just had an update, and with that update came direct challenges. So now you can, ha- you can have your friend who has Arena, and you can challenge them to a game of Magic and play them. Um, the way that it's set up, I kind of want to explain how it's set up because it's a, little, a lot of people didn't understand it. So at the top of the screen, there's like two swords that are like crossing each other. What you do is you click that button, you put in the gamer like the, the gamer tag of the arena player. Um, it's going to be their name with a hashtag and then a five-digit number. You put that in, you send the challenge. Now, it does not go over to the other, play, the other player. They don't get a notification that they were challenged. You, the other player has to put in your information, and you have to set it up and coordinate it specifically for that. So you both have to be ready to do it at the same time. Um... So, but direct challenges coming in was great. I've done a couple direct challenges and it was fantastic. I did a couple direct challenges with the person in the community spotlight and it was fun times. Um, also with the update, they put in some resources that you can look at to go onto the, the arena like homepage uh, for new players. Uh, they did some other, like, they sped up the gameplay a little bit. My connectivity has been great. Like, I'm actually able to play like faster than a than a turtle right now and it's amazing i can actually get the full experience again um also one of the big issues that that we had was if you were to be looking at a deck in like the picture format like all spread out and not on the side uh it now has a deck count like a deck card a card count for your deck at the top of the screen so you can see that it says like 60 of 60 and you, you didn't have to go back to the old page if you like that better but overall, like, it was a great um, update, and I'm super happy with it. Also, they, um, Wizards came out and said that they, they, they may have a solution for the fifth copy issue by just not having you able to, to, to uh, crack a pack and get a fifth copy. Um, they they kind of put the retroactive uh, fix on the back burner, but like, they, they might come out and say something here soon. Um, so what do you think of all this? Well, Direct Challenge is a huge win. Um, The community's been just begging for it pretty much since the open beta, and then during the closed beta, it was also a huge um, item of discussion because, I mean, it's a game that you play with friends. Let us us play with our friends. Um, So it's really exciting, uh, but with with that, it is kind of a bummer that it took this long. You know, I mean, yes, the game's still in beta, but... Really, it's basically out with it being an open beta. And it just took forever for it to actually happen. And then when it does happen, I think it's kind of a cruddy system. I, I'm, I'm glad it's there, but it definitely needs some work. You know, you need to be able to have that friends list. You need to be able to actually open up some sort of chat with your friend. And you need to be able to be notified when you're challenged. Um, 
otherwise you know i mean it's just a pain in the butt it's all you know you got to text message your buddy you gotta let him know hey we're gonna play it this time all right get on i'll challenge you you challenge me sweet what's your gamer tag again i don't even remember is it an underscore does it have to be capitalized who knows you know so it was kind of a bummer that in that sense um the fifth card thing that that's really interesting if they decide to fix the issue by just not allowing you get a fifth card then i wonder what's going to happen once you own the entire set and you just continually buy the same packs will they just not let you buy packs anymore or like you'll reach your limit like after 500 packs you have hit you know the entire set um or whatever number it would be and so you can only buy that many that many packs or would you just get a gajillion different wild cards so that'll be interesting to see um but yeah overall the arena update was huge um i'm looking forward to doing some direct challenges with other people on the website hopefully we'll get some of those youtube videos up of us uh or streaming of us playing direct challenge against each other and other people on the site and then opening it up to the community so those are some of the things that we're thinking about doing in the near future but do you have anything else on uh on arena yeah actually um you were saying about not having a friends list there isn't a technical friends list however if you put somebody's gamer tag in your system and challenge them if you were to go back in it um in the where you put the gamer tag there's a drop down tab you can just hit that that drop tab and you can it'll have the person that you played with saved in there um so you can just you don't have to remember it again you can just hit the drop down tab and pick that name and go go to work right that yeah that does help doesn't really still help with them noting if they're online or not but you're right that does help with uh the typing of the name and getting it put in there quickly so I think with that, we can move on to our next topic, which I'll let you kick off again with the Magic Online updates. So one of my favorite formats in Magic is Popper, and Popper has never been a sanctioned, like an actual sanctioned paper format. However, it's it got its popularity on Magic Online. You can play friendly leagues with it. Well, now you can play competitive constructed events with uh with popper you can play popper competitive constructive leagues and with that comes the uh the playoff points the the mox points that you can actually now accrue them through playing popper in these competitive leagues so in theory you can now play popper and then with popper qualify for the pro tour and that is a huge step in in the direction of making a popper like legitimized format um, this is just, I think it's closer than ever to being a legitimized format, and I would love to see it happen. I think that would be, honestly, the next step, and it's really great. I might jump in and try it out. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's really cool, and I think that, I'm, I'm trying to look for the article again, or what their announcement was on Magic Online, but what you were saying about the... Um, how you can actually get into the pro tour from playing popper i think they're they're adding like the format points to popper but to all formats so i don't know if it was all to include the casual formats like commander but i know that like legacy and vintage you know the people that actually do play those online that they'll be able to gain format points and get their way to the pro tour through that or at least the mox championship so that's pretty exciting stuff and it just 
I think it's good because it shows a few things. It shows one that they're trying to provide better ways to get into the pro tour with the changes in pro tour and how the number of people per each one is going to be smaller. At least they're providing venues for people to keep working at it and trying, especially on the online forum. And then it's also proving that they're going to, at least for the time being, continue supporting Magic Online, that it's not going to be a complete shutdown and transition to Arena, but that they are still supporting the people that play on the old platform. And then, yeah, I mean, those are those are really the big takeaways I got from it, and I'm super excited because Popper's a lot of fun, and if it's, I mean, now you have an incentive to, to play it, you know, you can play it all the time, and it's cheap, and you can actually get to the Pro Tour on a budget that way. Yeah, and actually, like, you know, looking back on you saying that there's there's an incentive to play Popper now, like, with an incentive to play Popper, Popper might see a lot of different, like, format shifting and a lot of more innovation. We may see new decks come out, and that's always great. I, I love exploring and brewing, and I'm going to I'm gonna start brewing and Popper, see what I can do. Um, but I, I really think that we're going to see some newer decks come out and uh, other innovations added to the decks if if there's an incentive to play it to possibly get to the pro tour so that is really awesome also you were talking about the transition to arena um and i totally forgot to say this in the arena portion so i wanted to throw it in here on december 6th we are going to uh get magic's going to announce um basically the future of competitive magic play and with that it's they're going to talk about online playing and my thinking is is on December 6th they're going to announce like a competitive arena league like in in ways to qualify for bigger things. I think arena still is the future of magic and I think they're going to push it in that direction with that announcement. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do. Um Arena's definitely going to have to become a part of it at least in the near future, at least some way of getting you I don't know if it's going to be just an arena type competition. Um, I think that might actually be the best case, you know, so like the arena doesn't qualify you to the pro tour, but like arena has its own championship series and like that, that's the end of it. Like there's a prize for that competition. Um, I'm curious if there's going to be any changes to any type of just normal DCI sanctioned events at local game stores that lead you into pro tours and like updates on, the PTQ system that they already had, like maybe more clarification and more announcements on the selected stores that they had talked about, at least ones that might be recurrable, um, and then the other ones thrown in. So I'm really excited. I, I had forgotten about that too, but yeah, that, that announcement that's coming out about the future of competitive magic um, should I, I hope it's I hope it's exciting stuff, and I I think it will be. Just like the trend of magic right now, it's going up. Everything's going well. Arena's starting to really kick off and attract new people. Um, so pretty exciting stuff. Do you have anything else on Magic Online? Uh, no, I'm uh I'm pretty that that's all that really happened to Magic Online. <coughs> yeah, and then this weekend um, we have the standard GP Milwaukee going on right now. And then we have the SEG Open that's going on in Las Vegas, which is team constructed. Now, at the time of this recording, we're doing this on a Saturday night. And I don't know about you, but I've only seen a couple of the matches today. I kind of poked in when I had time. Uh, did you get to watch either of these events at all? Um, I've been pretty 
pretty busy today, so no, I have not seen it. I will be checking in on uh, Milwaukee tomorrow. I might look into the SCG event as well. Yeah, same. I'll probably be checking this stuff out tomorrow, which by the time you guys are listening to this, it's all said and done. But what kind of things are you maybe... Are you expecting any type of change in at least the standard format, especially with GP Milwaukee? From what we saw in standard at the PT, do you think people reacted to the white weenie meta that we saw in the top eight? Or do you think that we're still going to be seeing a lot of the Golgari mid-range, the is it Drake's type decks performing well? So in in regards to the reaction to the Pro Tour, I think that we're going to see some newer, I don't know if we're going to see new decks, but we're going to... We're going to see some innovations to older decks, definitely. But I, I did see on Twitter, somebody's like, somebody's like, has a has a deck list, like, hiding it, and I really want to know what it is, because they're like, I went 7-1 and one with this and uh, with this deck, and it's it's really awesome, and I really want to know what it is. But I guess I'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, I, I think in reaction to the Pro Tour with all the white, if people are worried about the white weenie decks, all you got to do, play red, bring that Chain Whirler back in. A lot of people forgot about Goblin Chain Whirler, and uh, he, he's sitting there waiting to come back in because, you know, all those X1s, he's going to kill them all. So I think Chain Whirler is going to see a um, an uptick in plays or playing this weekend. Um, we're going to see the same old, you know, Golgari and Drake decks and Jeskai decks and whatever. Um, one of the big things that I didn't even talk about this is a Pro Tour, about the Pro Tour or anything. Uh, one of the things that I, I really want to see, I really want to see Red Black Burn played in one of these events and do well. I've been playing that deck a lot, and I, I've, I'm just, I'm just winning an obnoxiously high number of games with it. It's the the Punisher Burn deck. Um, I've made a few tweaks to it myself, but like I was surprised to not see it at all at uh, the Pro Tour. I think it would have been a good meta call. The only bad matchup that I've seen with it is Rainbow Lich, and of course that's not going to be played at the Pro Tour. And uh, the the green black deck gives it a hard time, but if you have a react, if you if you know that they're on green black, um, you just sit back with a lightning strike for the Wild Growth Walker, and you're good to go. Um, it can outgrind opponents. It can race them. Like I've won on turn four, and I've won on turn like twelve. Like the deck can do anything, and. I'm surprised I haven't seen that. So actually, yeah, I want, I forgot to mention this. Um, so the games I did watch was I saw Sam Black playing. I'm pretty sure it was Sam Black. He was playing a Boros Control deck. And at the time I saw it, I think it was round four or something. He was 3-0 with it, and it was awesome. He was throwing around like Stars of Extinctions, a lot of treasure maps. He was using the... Pirate's Pillage, it was like a four-mana draw two, make two, treasure, discard one card. It was a bunch of crazy stuff. He's got like a bunch of Karns in it, and it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. So I'm curious to see if if that deck continued to perform well and if uh, it made big splashes. But during that match, the, the commentators had actually talked about seeing a Rakdos burn deck, and they were talking about it, and it sounded like it was performing well. And so... Of course, listeners, you guys already know all the deck lists and who won, but right now, <laughs> we're pretty excited about some Rakdos. Um, but yeah, uh, and do you think there's going to be any changes in Modern or Legacy that we might hear about or see from the SCG Open taking place in Vegas? Uh, Legacy doesn't see a lot of change, period. Um, we thought that, like, you know, the Grixis 
um, Grixis Delver decks would like die down a little bit with uh, Deathrite Shaman getting banned, but it really hasn't. Um, I had I haven't looked at Legacy at all. Legacy doesn't interest me at all because um, it's basically just a just non-fun games of Magic to me, honestly. Um, as far as modern goes, you basically it's just going to be whatever's whatever's a better meta call is going to going to win. I, we're not going to see anything new in modern. Um, really, the only times you're going to see a lot of new things happening in Modern is that during a set release, and we're halfway between uh, Guilds and Allegiance, so I don't think we're going to see anything like new and exciting in Modern. Standard's where it's at, and we're going to see a lot in Standard. And uh, to touch on the Red Blackburn deck again, because I love that deck, I love it so much. Um, the only th the only bad part about that deck right now is needing to run four Cinder Barons. Uh, when Allegiance comes out, we get Blood Crypt. Um, so this deck has staying power, plus we get a whole, ra we have support for Rakdos in the new set. So don't, I, I don't see this deck going anywhere. I think it's going to stay, stay hot. Um, and I think people, I think more people should play it. Give it a try. I love it. Yeah, definitely. And Rakdos is my favorite color combination across all formats all the time. They're just my favorite black and red. All right, so I think that basically does the show. But you have a special announcement that you wanted to get to before Community Spotlight, right? Yes. So I know everybody loves giveaways, and we've done giveaways a good bit. And uh, you always want to want to be be looking for these giveaways and get free stuff. So Exotic MTG has put together this thing. It's called. The Exotic MTG's 31 Days of Christmas giveaway. So, in the, the whole month of December, starting on December 1st, there is, uh, every day there's going to be a video released from a content creator from the 1st to the 31st, giving something away from that content creator. And I have jumped in to join in, uh, to represent MTG Deck Techs. So, I will be one of the 31 content creators that are giving stuff away. Uh, there's a Gleam link now that you can find on Exotic MTG's Twitter. I'll post it in the YouTube video of this whenever I post it on YouTube. And uh, my giveaway date is December 22nd. But again, December 1st is the start of it. You can go to the Gleam giveaway and, and sign up now. There's new ways to enter every day. So you, c you have almost an unlimited amount of ways to enter based on subscribing to channels, watching videos, going to their their websites and stuff. And not only is it a great giveaway opportunity for you, but it's also a great opportunity for you to check out all 31 of these awesome content creators that I'm really good friends with a lot of them, and they're all really great. Go check them out. Go check out the giveaway and enter, because you don't want to miss out. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I know the last time we did a... A Gleam giveaway. There was actually quite a bit of participation. So we get in there early, hit as many of the uh, ways to enter as you can to increase your chance of winning, and uh, just have fun with it. And you'll know on December twenty second if you got if you got the one that uh, Jason's gonna be donating. Yeah, and as of right now, there are over three hundred unique individuals in it right now. So definitely want to get in as soon as possible. Um, I don't know what I'm giving away yet. Um, I'm kind of waiting for SCG Con to see how much store credit I get there, because uh, depending on how I do there, um, I think my limit, like my lowest limit, I'm going to be spending $45 for this giveaway. 
Um, it's probably going to have, have to do with uh, Ultimate Masters. Um, but if I do well at GP, or at the GP, at the SCG Con, and I get a lot of store credit, and I might walk away with a box of Ultimate Masters, I might just give that whole thing out. It all depends on how I do. Uh, so wish me luck there, I guess. Generous, generous Jason. Um, alright. So I think that wraps that up. Who do we have for this week's Community Spotlight? Alright, so for this week's Community Spotlight, I want to shine a spotlight on Dev Doodles. Dev Doodles is a streamer. Uh, she streams a lot of different games. Recently, she's been streaming a lot of Magic Arena. Um, she's been going consistently for the last couple weeks. She just hit Affiliate this week, so um, that's really great. I've been supporting her. She's she's awesome. She she does some great streams. You need to jump in on some of her streams. Um, that's Twitch TV dot or Twitch TV slash Dev Doodles D V D O O D L E S. Um, I was at, I'm in her stream a lot. I'm chatting with stream and what or with the the chat and everything. Uh, she actually will direct challenge you if you're in the stream if you want to play her. I've played her a couple times with some of my decks. Uh, it's been great. Like, her streams are great. Definitely go check her out. That's awesome. Yeah, if you if you have to get on a stream by challenging someone, I mean, it's kind of nice because you can challenge them and watch the stream and probably be able to win. But either way, it's always fun to be able to participate with streamers and other people like that. So DevDoodle is a great choice. That's awesome. All right, so that pretty much sums up this episode. And... Before we take off, we're going to give you the answers to the last episode's Triple Strike questions, and then we'll go into this week's Triple Strike questions. All Triple Strike uh, questions is, for new listeners, is it's just a series of three trivia questions that we like to leave you with at the end of the episode so that you have something to think about on your way home from work or while you're sitting at your computer. You can Google up some of these answers. It's just fun trivia about the game that we all love that can keep you guys occupied. All right, so last week we had three questions, and our first strike question was, what is the mana cost for the card titled Lord of Atlantis? And the answer to that is blue-blue. It's a double-blue mana cost. The double strike question of the week was, who has the most Pro Tour top eights of all time? And the answer to that question is John Finkel. And then the last strike question is in the modern deck, 8-rack, what is the card other than the rack that has a similar effect? What's that card called? And that card is called Shrieking Affliction. All right, so that's the last episode's answers to the Triple Strike questions. This week's Triple Strike questions. The first strike question is, what is the card Fulminator Mage's ability? The double strike question is, how many different Atogs are there? The creature type Atog, how many of them are there? And then the third, the last strike question is, who won the 2013 World Championship? And those are your triple strike questions of the week. And I think that's all we got for this week. Make sure you turn in next week and be able to listen to episode nine of the mtg deck text podcast uh this is james make sure you hit us up uh you can hit me up directly on twitter at james r mtg or you can hit the 
you can hit us up directly on email at mtgdecktechspodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, we can read them on the air for you. And we'll be able to get back to you that way. Um, Jason, how can they get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me on the old Twitter at T2TKS or at MTGDeckTex as well. All right, perfect. Um, This was great. Sorry for the break uh, in time between last episode and this episode. We're trying to hash it out. Um, But this this was a lot of fun and can't wait until next week. Bye, guys. Have a good one, everyone.